0: Welcome to the Smirkanish Podcast for independent minds.
1: Hello, hello. And so a new week begins with so much to get caught up on. Can I say this at the outset? I want to lay down a marker uh, at the beginning of the week and just say that I, I'm dubious as to Toilet Gate. I have great respect for Maggie Haberman's reporting. Axios led with this today. Exclusive photos, Trump's Telltale Toilet. They say, remember our toilet scoop in Axios AM earlier this year? Maggie Haberman's forthcoming book about former President Trump will report that White House residents staff periodically found wads of paper clogging a toilet and believe the former president, a notorious destroyer of Oval Office documents, was a flusher. Destroying records that should be preserved is potentially illegal. Trump denied it, called Haberman a maggot. Well, it turns out there are photos published for the first time. You can see them in Smirkanish.com, today's newsletter. But there are the pictures. The one on the left, a commode at the White House. The photo on the right is from an overseas trip, according to the source. I take it that's from Air Force One. But I'm having some real trouble accepting this.
2: You don't believe that he flushed items?
1: I do not. I didn't say that. I take him for... A Toto guy, not an American standard. Oh,
2: please, and
1: if you really want to analyze this, oh, I just I'm I don't think that's his commode.
2: Okay, they're not his commodes. Did they're you the remember, White you House remember, commodes. Do you remember Putin's commode? That's the commode? Whole point. They're not they're.
1: No, Putin has a gold commode. So
2: does the. So does Trump in Trump Tower. These are not. These are not his
1: personal commodes. No, no, no. But TC, TC. When you come into the White House, you bring your own shampoo you and your own toothpaste. Correct. You do not bring your own toilet. If you're Trump, you, you believe... don't think he would have had a Toto installed. I. I... At
2: his expense. This is literally this is your analysis.
1: No, I have I want <laughs> to get it. Your
2: analysis. Get it. Your analysis. Oh yes, ah, that was funny. very good, very very good. Okay, so you you are dubious of the quality of the toilets. That is your take on yes. This. Okay, and, the, if, and if the
1: toilet is is not authenticated, then, then it I don't, could be then, anybody's toilet. I mean, who and, knows? Right. I'm looking at it. It does look like it's the big Sharpie. I'm a Sharpie person, as you know. I do know that. So it does look like it's ha- his handwriting. And and if the person who photographed his toilet was willing to photograph his toilet, were they also under the five second rule willing to reach in there yes. and grab the notes? No question. Okay.
2: Okay, good. We're talk. done here. Yeah. I can't wait to see them all spread out and dried. Oh
1: my God. Can you like with, with like a clothespin exactly. on a line? <laughs> like we're drying drying out his, his notes. So so there was that there was there was also the international reaction to my Roger Waters interview. Why? Yes, there was. Why? Yes, there was. I just want to make clear we will get to the inflation reduction climate, you know, whatever the proper title is. I promise you we're going to get to that during the course of the program today. I'm wondering whether Joe Biden has his mojo, J-O-E, back as a result of this legislative achievement. Today's poll question at Smirkanish.com, biden's recent legislative victory will what save dems control of the house save dems control of the senate both or neither make sure you're voting it is not every day that i do an interview where the foreign ministry spokesperson i think that's like the john kirby of china the John Kirby of China retweets an interview that I did because they like it because it supports their propaganda purposes. But indeed, that happened this weekend because and, you know, you POTUS listeners, you, you got the heads up because on Friday I gave you a taste of what had happened when I sat down on Thursday and interviewed Pink Floyd co-founder and chief lyricist, you know, rock and roll hall of famer and, and political lightning rod. Roger Waters. So the interview was conducted on Thursday. On Friday, we had the audio and I shared some elements of it. Didn't want to scoop entirely the video presentation on Saturday. And then the Saturday interview took on a life of its own, albeit not until yesterday.
2: Right, not until it sort of Sunday. popped Saturday night, and then into Sunday, and then kept growing. Uh, probably uh, p- part, part of it was the time change, you know, because China got a hold of it and and got interested in it, and and that was a big part of it because one of the people who tweeted the interview. Um, her name is Ho Yi, spokesperson for a Chinese government official, the assistant minister of foreign affairs. Interestingly, uh, Twitter flags her Twitter account saying it's a China government official and that China, uh, you know, some of Twitter is not available to the Chinese people. So they have a whole article about that when you click on her Twitter account. But she retweeted your CNN piece um, on yesterday. Yest- this happened yesterday morning. And quoted Roger Waters as saying, hashtag Taiwan is part of China. That's been absolutely accepted by the whole of international community. And if you don't know that, you're not reading enough. Roger Waters, co-founder of rock band Pink Floyd, tweeted that. She has one and a half million Twitter followers. So that definitely helped.
1: Okay, here's what Yahoo reported. I think this is straightforward and will encapsulate the controversy for those who are catching up. Amidst his ongoing This Is Not a Drill tour, Roger Waters sat down with CNN's Michael Smirkanish to discuss the overly political themes and messages presented at his concert. Smirkanish began the interview by asking Waters why he labeled President Joe Biden a war criminal. Well... He's fueling the war in Ukraine. The former Pink Floyd member responded, this is a huge crime. Why won't the United States of America encourage Zelensky to negotiate, obviating the need for this horrific, horrendous war? When Smirkanish pointed out that Waters was, quote, blaming the party who got invaded, Waters countered by criticizing NATO for forcing Russia's hand. Quote, well, any war, when did it start? What you need to do is look at the history and you can say, well, it started on this day. You could say it started in 2008. The war basically is about the action and reaction of NATO pushing right up against the Russian border, which they promised they wouldn't do when Gorbachev negotiated the withdrawal of the USSR from the whole of Eastern Europe. Waters also dismissed Smirkanish's argument that the U.S. has a role as liberators. You got into World War II because of Pearl Harbor. You were completely isolationist beforehand, Waters argued. Thank God the Russians had already won the bloody war by then. 23 million Russians died protecting you and me from the Nazi menace. I would suggest that you go away and read a bit more and try to figure out what the U.S. would do if the Chinese were putting nuclear-armed missiles into Mexico and Canada. When Smirkanish noted that the Chinese are, quote, too busy encircling Taiwan as we speak, Waters fired back, proclaiming Taiwan is part of China. That has been absolutely accepted by the whole of international community since 1948. If you don't know that, you're not reading enough. You're believing your side's propaganda. You can't have a conversation about human rights in Taiwan without actually doing the reading. The Chinese didn't invade Iraq and kill a million people in 2013. Who have the Chinese invaded and slaughtered? Quote, their own, Smirkanish answered, referring to the Uyghurs and other mostly Muslim groups who China have placed in re-education camps and been subjected to forced sterilization and forced labor. Should be the word labor. Bullocks, that is absolute nonsense, Waters responded. You can watch the full interview below, and then they link to CNN. When this became such an issue, when it got to the point that TMZ was reporting on it yesterday, we released the entire interview. I mean, Roger Waters said to me, you're only going to use four minutes of this during the course of the interview. And I told him we're going to try and use as much as we could. I've got the constraints of TV. It can't be my entire program. But... We did release all of it on my YouTube channel, and a lot of people are are checking it out. And what I also I mean, there's so many things that I, I want to say about this, not the least of which is that it's become a huge debate, including the issue that we framed on uh, Saturday's poll question, which really floored me. Do you support entertainers even when you disagree with their politics? When all was said and done, more than 21,000 people, closer to 22,000, voted at my website, and 62% said no. I do not support entertainers even when I, dis- I won't. If I don't agree with their politics, I'm not going to the show. Here I am, the person who disagreed with Waters on Russia, on Ukraine, on China, on the U.S. legacy, Relative to World War Two. I mean, the reason I, I was noting that his father died fighting for the Brits, fighting for the allies in Anzio in Italy. So of all people to not recognize a United States role, I thought that was I thought that was particularly telling. But anyway, I ended up going to the show. You know, I went to the show Saturday night with two of my sons. I knew what was coming. This is and I said this on CNN early this morning. This is not a case where there's a hot mic that catches an entertainer and then all of a sudden they've got a PR crisis. Roger Waters is unapologetic. He is celebratory in his political views. He you know, he looks forward to being on tour not only to play his music but also to pull up a soapbox and spread his political message, a message that in large part I don't agree with. And he
2: relished the conversation with you. It was
1: clear. Well, I want to circle back to that. You have to hold that thought because I'm, I'm just really curious about something, uh, on that score. He and I have had these conversations before. We've disagreed before. He knows that about me and yet still willing to come and sit down and give me, you know, 30 minutes, uh, time. But in this case, not only is the word out about what you get with Roger's show, when you're at the show and, It's funny, TC, because Showtime was called for 8 p.m. In fact, the arena sent out uh, an email blast to everybody who bought tickets and said the show is going to start on time and there is no warm up act. The Phillies were also playing across the street. If you know, people, of course, do in the Philadelphia area, our stadium complex, they're all together. So I made sure that we were there in plenty of time thinking it was going to start at 8 at 815. In a very sort of airline lounge manner, it's his voice. And he says, ladies and gentlemen, the show will begin in 15 minutes. And then at 8.20, ladies and gentlemen, the show will begin in 10 minutes, 8.25, 5 minutes. And then when it's finally 8.30, and I knew this because I'd read in extensively and had seen certain videos, I pulled out my iPhone and I recorded this.
3: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: please take your seats, the show is about to begin. Before it does, two public announcements. Firstly, out of consideration for your fellow patrons, please turn off your cell phones. And secondly... If you're one of those, I love Pete Floyd, but I
2: can't stand Roger's politics, people. Not too well to
0: fuck off to the dead.
1: And then it begins. And it begins with, you know, it, it is a very elaborate stage production. I've been going to concerts for decades. It's probably the most elaborate stage production that I have seen, interestingly, since I saw in 1980 Pink Floyd perform The Wall. So it's it's really involved and has to be very expensive to stage, Um, which gets me to one of my other observations. Like like he's wearing it on his sleeve. He welcomes this, I think, although I, I don't know, to your point, I don't know how he feels about it today. Did he did
2: he reach out to you at all post interview?
1: No. Did not? No. Is uh, that normal? Um, so, I mean, I had had extensive back and forth with his people. Okay. Go, oh, did his to, people reach out
2: to you? Uh, not really. This not ex- really. Okay. Are, are you thinking, are, are you wondering I don't what they know. think?
1: Oh, I definitely am wondering. I'm definitely, here's what I think. I believe that I treated him with great Fairness and respect. Zero question on that. Some in the Twitterverse would say too much, uh, too much, too much. So, but I wanted to have the dialogue. Right. I, I was, I want to say something else, TC. I was personally involved with the way in which the tape was edited much more so than I normally am. So to the extent that Roger has any beef with how it finally appeared on CNN, he can, he can lay that directly at my feet because... I had done the interview. The people who are working with me weren't there. They're in New York. They're seeing all the raw footage. But I wanted it to fairly present his view, my disagreement. And also, I wanted it to properly convey that here are two guys, almost like having a
2: drink in a bar, but they, I think, get along. You know, I think, get along. What was the word I used earlier? Relish. He relished it you both did there's no there's no taking out but, of context he, you could have anyone oh my could God, make of like course. you can make a if you if you're shortening a 26 28 DC, minute to to 7 you could DC, absolutely if i if i had
1: treated if i had treated Roger Waters unfairly in that interview i would not be the one who put out all 27 then minutes cuz it would have been obvious i mean there was a certain point in the interview and i'm so glad that PJ left this in there was a certain point in the interview about 10 minutes in i think where Roger was moving around, and there was a, a a wind shield on his lapel mic, and you heard right. Yeah. So you heard him brushing up against his clothing, and they interrupted the interview and they said, "Hey, we have to take that off." Oh, okay. And we, like you see it, yeah. and then I say to him, "You may resume your rant now." <laughs> exactly in the interview. So it's, you're
2: seeing everything. Oh, one thing I wanted to say for people who haven't watched the whole interview, I I had a, a fair number of people say to me about that Taiwan clip that you need to read more, that that was something obnoxious that Roger said to you. And this needs a little context. I explained, no, no, that had been a conversation that the two of them had had earlier about Michael, what does Michael do for a living? He reads. Well, what do you read? You read the different things. Like that had been part of their, an in-depth part of their conversation. Okay, great and in, I think it's really important
1: that people know that. A great example that we played we played here on Podus. Yep. Friday, we played here on POTUS a, a nice story that Roger told about his mother, yes. who's been gone for 15 years, where she said to him, Roger, read everything mm-hmm. and then do the right thing. Yeah.
2: Once you've read everything, the hard work is done. The reading, then it's easy.
1: The reason that Roger was telling me, go do more reading, is that early on in the interview... I had said to him, I feel like I read for a living. I don't speak for a living. All I do is consume news. And then he told me I was consuming a lot of rubbish. But okay, so be it. No, no, rubbish. So so that's why, you know, throughout the course of the interview, he would say to me, you need to go read more. You need to go read more. Um but I believe that in the end, you got a good feel for him in the, it ended up being like seven minutes no on question. CNN, but you can watch the whole interview and many people are on my YouTube oh. channel.
2: Oh my gosh. But that was thousands I'm, I'm of not,
1: thousands. A, I'm not a part of, I'm not a part of this online, you know, there's a Reddit thread uh, of people who want to like, you know, cancel Roger Waters. I'm, that is not, I'm the guy you who disagreed with show. him and I went to the show and it is a very I mean, you, everybody's now been forewarned. It is a very political show. And I don't think that everybody going in had the knowledge uh, of how political it would be. I, I, I was, how about this, T C At a certain port, uh, part of the night, I, I found myself standing up in the men's room, so to speak. Mm. And a gentleman. Thank you for that detail. And a gentleman in my company oh, speaking geez. to his buddy said. "All
2: Everyone s- just standing. Said, just
1: stand around. T- yeah. Said he just trashed. 50 fucking years of American presidents. Yeah, I know. Can you believe that? And then they go back in and they watch the rest of the show. Cool. Now, some people don't want to have that sort of cognitive dissonance. Uh, You know, again, I come back to that poll result at CNN where 60 plus percent said I'm not going if I don't buy into the politics. What I what I most wonder today is I wonder how this plays in Roger's world. And by that, I mean the following. No, I haven't had any dealings with him. I did send him a missive. And I said to him, "Hey, I, I, you know, did my best to give you a fair shake, and I hope you're you're satisfied with the way that it came out." Something like that. Um, but TC, it's a big business. Here's here's something that sums up what a big business it is. In order for me to conduct this interview, I needed to arrive at Rogers Hotel an hour in advance, go to a particular hotel room, which is the COVID testing room. There were more than two hundred people the number may have been closer to 250 from rogers touring ensemble all staying in this very nice hotel they had been he did two nights in philadelphia and i think he probably stayed in the hotel for three nights um but they had it so organized and uh arranged that everybody needs to be tested on an ongoing basis and anybody who's going to get close to roger including me, my makeup artist, the production guys all had to be tested. I don't I didn't get the sense that Roger himself is all wigged out over COVID. So my gut tells me this is perhaps an insurance business requirement. Totally. There's an enormous group of people that are traveling from city to city and staging this show with ticket sales they, they were two years waiting for this they can't grind they can't, to a halt they can't grind to a halt they can't afford for him to get sick so there's a you know roger for all of his talk for all of his criticism of neo-capitalism in the end this is a business and i just wonder what are the dynamics
2: i have no idea in in Roger's world. So you're not only wondering what Roger thinks, you're wondering what the people around. There's got to
1: be if there's a guy traveling whose job is to simply give covid tests, there needs to be an accountant or accounting staff keeping track of all of this. And I just wonder what was the reaction there? I know this. Roger himself tweeted the interview Saturday afternoon that would not have happened and you could say his people did he's got a, a great social uh, media person uh, who does all his videography and so forth i just i don't think that thing would have been retweeted by roger I agree with that. unless it was acceptable to him but that was before the chinese ambassador to the united states and the spokesperson for the chinese foreign ministry also Retweeted it. I, honest to God, the only person who hasn't weighed in is President Xi. yet on this thing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about. I'm curious about all of that. Last night, one 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 anecdote, if I might. What a weekend! So last night with my wife, I saw John Anderson and the Paul Green Academy of Rock do their final show of this tour, where on the 50th anniversary of Close to the Edge, John Anderson is performing not with his, yes, bandmates, but with 14 to 18-year-olds. And part of the reason that I wanted to go back to this show is because of the kids. I love watching teenagers play classic rock with a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee in John Anderson. So a number of people... In this very small venue, but a number of people told me uh, that they had just, you know, chatting with people that they had watched my Roger Waters interview. When we walk out of the venue at the end of the night heading to our car, there's one other couple there. A very nice guy, and he engages me. He's with his wife. I'm with my wife, and he engages me in conversation. He said, "Hey," he said, uh, "I was at Roger Waters last night. Uh, you know, what'd you think of the show?" And, and we shared some, just you know, shooting the breeze. And then his wife said, "I wouldn't go to that." And he said to me, "Oh yeah, she she wouldn't go. Oh, just my. too just too political." Oh geez. he said, "Yeah, I was there because you know I love the music." And she's like, "I there's no way I'm spending money if that's what I'm going to hear," says she, who also loves the music. So, you know, Roger has decided he's gonna he he's going take he doesn't give a shit he really he's taking it on yeah this is where I stand I am not there just to play the music I am there to have my say and if you don't like it f off to the bar literally literally f off to the bar but what do they think in
2: his world I think what it's do, a great question what does
1: Roger think today. You know, and and does the emperor have no clothes? Is anyone willing to tell Roger, Roger, you know, maybe people aren't going to come out uh, to the cap center, the arena uh, next week in Washington, D.C., because because of these concerns? I just don't know. I just don't know. So how was the show? The show was great. It was very political. It was very political. Um, But the staging and the music was note perfect. And I'm glad that I attended. I was thrilled to have the dialogue with him. And I don't quite know what else to say other than I'm sort of floored that so many on my website after the CNN during and after the CNN program said, no, Michael, I wouldn't do what you did. I would not support an entertainer with whose politics I disagree.
2: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM.
5: A new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Listen to Michael live. Weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM channel 124. And on the SXM app.
1: Hey John, you're in South Carolina. Greetings. In response to my thoughts on Roger Waters, you wanted to say what?
3: Yeah, I got tickets to the Raleigh concert next week. I'll go, right. but it'll be the last time I say them based on his politics. And I'll, I'll... He'll get a little more respect for me if he does a show in Moscow and puts the Putin as a workworm in a Wappa Dutch show. We'll see if
1: he so has what, the best to do so it. So I'm I'm interested, what is it that you think you now know that you did not know when you bought those tickets? Did you buy those tickets two years ago pre pandemic? Two years, two years or, ago, yeah. And okay, when, and so you
3: two years ago my my wife's seen him about ten times, so my
1: wife loves
3: him. But right. the interview with you, he was pretty off putting for sure.
1: And, and so therein lies the line. Like, he's just gone too far. I bought the tickets. I'm taking my wife, but I'm not going back.
3: That's right. Still love his music, but, yeah, I can't
5: support the
1: politics. Well, I mean, the, the, guys, the guy's in the head next to me. I think that's exactly what they were saying. Like, wow, you know, this is, this is even more than we had anticipated. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Glenn in Connecticut. Glenn, reaction? Thanks for the call.
3: Hey, Michael. Yeah, you know, I was thinking with Roger Waters and his political statements. I went to that Desert Trip concert about a month before the election in 2016. You know, that was, you know, Roger Waters, Yeah. Stones. Great, great. was was Coachella for old people. Um, But (laughs) he came out and did a show and had this giant inflatable pig that resembled Trump. And, you know, all the editorializing that he put with. hashtags on the on the pig and i saw sorry not for a run this huge group of patrons wobbling off you know kind of putting their their heel in the sand and i'm not going to put up with this and that was the first time i actually i took trump seriously because i was thinking there's no way he's gonna win but that you know that goes back now
1: in other words when you saw people willing to walk out on tickets they had purchased you said there's something to this
3: yeah, I mean he was. I mean he was right in your face. I mean I love that about Roger. War. He's not just not apologetic about any of it. Why not? But it was a it was an epiphany for me that things were kind of
1: turning. And you're not going to decide where you'll spend your entertainment dollars based on the politics, or it's that you like his politics and therefore you can buy in.
3: No, I I uh, I can uh, disassociate myself from that. I'm a I'm a I'm in a band and I love music so.
1: I mean, the. the I, lo- I love mu- I love music too. I love music too. I mean, I I last night watching John Anderson and Close to the Edge. It's all esoteric, and I don't follow it. He was in my studio recently. There there could not be two personalities more distinctly different than the very soft and uh, mellifluous. Is that the right way I should be saying that word? Namaste. He. he I mean, and 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 then Roger, who's just irascible. Who's just irascible, but at the end smiles, extends his hand, and you know wants to mix it up. And just
2: what are you saying, TC? Don't mouth he it. He loved it. He loved it. I don't know that he loves it today. I don't know how he feels today. But I watched this, the, when whole the interview. Chinese, and he loved it.
1: When the Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson, what does he, what does
2: he think is going to happen if he if he says that about Taiwan? Come on. Yeah, he's no dummy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not like it was a hidden device. We were sitting down for an interview.
2: Listen to Michael Live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app.
1: Tom, you're in New Mexico. What did you most want to say about this subject? Yes, good morning,
4: Michael. Love your show. Yeah. Regarding the, the Roger Waters issue, I don't mind if I disagree with the guy's politics, but I love the interview, and I totally disagree with his politics. However, he was he did such a deep dive. He's so well informed. I enjoyed his point of listening to his point of view, even if I disagreed with it. He wasn't parroting somebody else's facts. Um, he was t- <laughs> totally committed to his views, so I enjoyed hearing that. Now, maybe this is a terrible analogy, but I would be disappointed if I went to go see a Pink Floyd concert and it just evolved into a a political rant for the entire show.
1: How about that's if it were okay? How about if it were beautifully orchestrated, staged, and the music was note perfect? Then how would you feel?
4: I would thoroughly have enjoyed it.
1: Okay, I mean the glue because that's what enjoyed. you're gonna that's what you're gonna get. The glue that holds yeah. it together is the political message. And having had this conversation with him before, what he says to me is, if this is all news to you, then uh, truly, like these are his words to me. If this is all news to you then all these years that you profess to have been listening to Pink Floyd and listening to me, you have not been paying attention because I'm the same guy that I've always been. You just never got the message. Kevin, you're in Boston thinking what today?
4: Hey, Michael, I've seen um, Roger Waters, you know, a couple times and his, his political views have changed quite a bit. You think um, so? When I, I do. I really do. Because like if you like the last time I saw him, he was with um, he, he was It was for Radio Chaos, I think. And he had, like, you know, Eric Clapton playing on that album. He played on the pros and cons of hitchhiking. I mean, even going back to the wall, you see the marching hammers and all of that, which is all sort of anti-totalitarian and very much the imagery of Pink Floyd. When you think of Pink Floyd, it's the prism and the marching hammers for me. Um, And and it was very anti-totalitarianism. And from what, you know, even like the people around him, have, have now gone more to the right. Like Eric Clapton, who played on, on the pros and cons of hitchhiking.
3: Yeah, he on the actually, vax issue.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He, he – um, yeah, the whole vaccination thing. Like, he, he you know, he won't play for a, a place with vaccination uh, requirements. So, you know, he's gone the other way. And I, I wonder if he'd even be on stage with Rod, Roger Waters today. Roger Waters is interesting in the sense that he's actually gone further left – when everyone else is kind of moderating. I don't
1: know. I don't know about that, Kevin. I think that being associated, this was something that, have you watched watched the full interview? I haven't. I haven't seen your
4: interview yet. I'm I'm going to watch it, though.
1: Okay, it's on my YouTube channel. It'll be easily found. And I'm going to cut you loose and make a point. Watch the full interview, because I don't know if all of this was aired in the CNN version. Again, I only had, you know, I mean, and, and look, CNN was gracious. We, we played nearly seven minutes, but it's a 27 minute interview. But one of the issues that I raised with him was whether we are now seeing at this stage of his career what it means for him to be untethered, unbridled, unbridled is a better word, by bandmates. I have to believe that as political as The Wall was and the other music that he always felt kind of reined in. And now nobody's there to tell him what he can. Right. There's no there's no governor, so to speak, on on what Roger can or, or can't say. And I think that's why you're seeing this version. But he's he's the same guy. I don't think he's changed at all. He just doesn't have the the limitations any longer. So, T.C., you're not allowed to do that. No you're not you're not allowed to do it. Why am I not allowed to no, do no, it? I it's just all told cool. you. I've been doing this 30 years. Honestly, I can handle anything. Let's air it out for the public. Oh, I geez. love telling people Oh, just, geez. just Why? tell people. Why? There's like a technical issue and just keep talking. Yeah, you're not music, allowed to break yet. You just wrote, to my ears. I, wrote, I wrote no, that tell on everybody piece of paper. what you
2: wrote. Do not break. Right. Okay, not? guess what? Yeah. Now, now you can break. Okay, now but you in the can, future. Now you can but break. Dan, Dan,
1: Dan, and come on. Dan's busy. Dan's got He's trying ba- to fix it. Dan's
2: got a bad wing. I know. I don't want to have
1: to air this. Oh, no. I'll take I'll take the blame. It's fine. But yeah, if no, you No, not no. Take a break, I, whatever now. the issues are, just tell the audience. It's Why? Why? Well, I'm telling you. Okay. But I don't think like, you're writing me a song. Oh, no. I'm not. <laughs> Oh boy. OK, apparently now we're going to take a very brief intermission after I tell you about Jen. Genu- By the way, Dan, how is the wing? How's your recovery?
3: Oh, the recovery is great. Uh, good yeah? weekend of recovering. I am off the uh, the heavy
1: painkillers just down nice. to the good old Tylenol now. Uh, but, uh, you know, flying with just uh, with one arm. But it's uh, it's every day has been better. Sleeping hey, is not been so able great. to. If you've been able to dial it back to Tylenol in, in that uh, short a time period, that's really yeah. great. Exactly. I'm a week out from surgery you. today, so all good. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. asking. A week ago this afternoon yeah. was when Dan had his major surgery.
0: The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael
2: Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
0: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.